0: Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Make Money Behave. I'm your host, Maria Casillas, and we are here on number two of the Ask the Coaches edition. And like last month, I have the same amazing coaches with me, Nino Villa and Mike Keneally. You want to say hi, guys? Hi. Hello. Very good. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being back today. I appreciate it. And I know that our listeners appreciate hearing perspectives that are more than just mine when it comes to some of this stuff. So now, as you guys know, over the last couple of days, I've been talking about kicking debt to the curb and some of the ways that we can do that and why you would want to do that and how to decide if that is something that you want to do. And today, our question is going to come from somebody who is on Facebook and she is gonna ask a question about fun money while we're working on kicking debt to the curb. So the reason that we wanted to go this route is because we're finding that so many times with the all or nothing thinking, There are some people who start a program, and I've talked about this before, where you start a program and you're just like, I am all in, don't bother me with anything else. And then you realize that you're kind of starting to burn out. And I was starting to think that maybe this was just something that was happening to me a few years ago and to my clients over the last few years. And this question speaks volumes because it says that it's happening to a lot of people out there. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and read this question from Mary. And we're going to hear what the guys have to say about that. And we'll just have some fun discussion about that. Sound good?
1: Sounds great.
0: Okay. So Mary says, I see a lot of people asking what to do with fun money or randomly gifted money. Everyone seems to say the same thing. Put it towards debt. Are we not allowed to have fun at all while kicking debt to the curb? Because I'll give, up real, I'll, I'll give up real quick if I'm not allowed to breathe a little. I know everyone is different, but I'm a free-spirited nerd. I can crunch the numbers, but I need a reward too. I love this question. So um, who would like to start? What are some of the thoughts that you have on this?
1: Well, I would like to start by saying... That had you asked me this question five years ago, mm-hmm. I would have told you, you better put it towards the debt.
0: <laughs> I know you would have.
1: <laughs> um, but I think I've learned and grown since that time. And I think I have some new perspectives. Um, and I think that it is important that uh, you be able to breathe a little bit throughout the process. I found that uh, as I was trying to kick debt to the curb, and especially the student loan debt. Um, I needed to take breaks every once in a while and do something fun with the family or whatnot. And, uh, do I regret it? Heck no. Would mm-hmm. I have regretted it if I didn't? Oh, absolutely. So I think perspectives on this has definitely changed for me over the years.
2: Yeah, it's changed for me too. I, I, I still struggle with, I, I've, we've been debt free for at least a decade now and, I still struggle with spending money because i'm the consummate saver (laughs) so any extra money or fun money for me is going right into the retirement or would have in the past but you know as we've learned and grown and i know that this is uh, unsustainable for my wife if we don't build some fun into this especially now that the kids are grown and gone so we have had to take a you know a different approach to what we do with some of that money and we absolutely have to budget in some fun Uh, throughout this whole process of whether you're kicking debt to the curb or you're in the wealth building stage of your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I heard both of you say, and I'm probably picking up on this because this happened to me, too, but I heard both of you say family in your statement so Nino you said that you took some time to have fun with the family and the kids and Mike you specifically said that that approach wasn't going to work with your wife and so I think that that's something that's really important when we and I by by we I mean the person who kind of spearheads this whole idea right like you're the one who you know there's something wrong you're like we got to make a change then usually even if you've got your spouse on board there was somebody who was spearheading it would you guys agree with that
2: 100% okay. Absolutely.
0: I think that the three of us nerds who are sitting at this table probably were the spearheads in yep. our relationships I'm just I'm yes. just guessing um, so I know that oftentimes we're the ones who have these grandiose goals and we're like we can do it we're like the cheerleader and the goal setter all in one and the people on the sidelines who don't have that why if you will or they don't have that reason or maybe they don't even have any desire (laughs) whatsoever they're looking at us like yeah there's no flipping way that i'm gonna do this and and maybe i can do this for two months three months, maybe even a year. But do not ask me to sign up for this giant goal because I know I can't do that. I know that my husband, when we were talking about, I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do these things. And, and you all know that I actually followed Dave Ramsey's baby steps when we started this. And so I laid it out for him and I said, so so here's the spot where we're able to buy another house. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he said, you know, we're going to be 80 by that time. Right. And I said, no, 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 we we certainly won't be 80, 60 maybe, but but we won't be 80. And um, he just, that, that number, that goal was so big for him that there was no way he was willing to get on board with that. So I actually had to, at that time, I just use a little bit of a psychology hack and I backed up a little bit and I just said, okay, how about once we pay everything off, except the student loans, and I'm bringing that up because, Nino, you said student loans as well. So I'm guessing that that was a big number for you. Like you had all these little maybe credit card things in our car or whatever, and there are a few thousand dollars here and there. But when you hit a block of student loans, it was like a brick wall, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, it took the wife and I maybe about 24 months to pay off $36,000 of debt that was not even student loan related. Uh-huh. So that's a, that's a big chunk of it money, right? Chunk, to pay yeah. off some cars, get rid of the credit cards, get rid of all that consumer debt and, and then yes, the, the educational loans were left after that, and, and they were more than 36,000. So. Yes,
0: so I, I have a master's degree and my husband has a bachelor's degree. Um, my loans were significantly larger than his. I don't remember exactly what his were, but I know I remember that 42,000 was the last number that we were looking at having to pay. That was the last bit of mine at the time. And so what I said to him was, okay, how about if we pay everything off except the student loans? It will go out of order, if you will. We'll, we'll, you know, massage this a little bit to work to our advantage. And we'll start saving it for a house then. And that was enough for him to go, okay, I think I could get on board with that. Now, between you and me and any listener who's out there, once I got past that 42 mark, I just shut up. We never said anything about it because I was the one who spearheaded it. And I'm the one who kind of does all the stuff in the background. And even though we talked about stuff he didn't notice that we were paying off some of that before we were saving for a house and so since he didn't complain about it i just kind of forged forward and we paid off all the student loans before we ever got a house so you know i kind of won uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was only because by the time we got to that spot then when he said wait a minute i'm pretty sure you told me that once we got to the student loan stuff you know we'd be able to save and i was able to say yes but Look how much we've already done. Now we're this close to the end. And at that point it was a light that he could see at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And so we were able to then, you know, finish it out. But um, I share all that because a lot of times the person who we're trying to get on board with us isn't able to do that. And it's because there's not any fun money built in. So this is a very common problem that we have. Now, since then, I've obviously changed some of my stuff. You guys have mentioned that you've changed some of yours. How would you answer this question for somebody who says, okay, so now you guys are enlightened and you're not going to just insist that I throw it all to the debt. What do I do with it? What are some options?
1: So when I think about specifically uh, when there's kind of a windfall, an unexpected unexpected um, surplus of money somehow, whether that's a tax return, which is not necessarily unexpected, but um, obviously it doesn't happen but once a year, mm-hmm. um, or there's a gift of, of cash or whatever the case may be. One of the things that um, I encourage my clients to ask themselves is what gets them more excited? So, and it's it's going to depend on the amount of money too, right? If we're talking thousands of dollars versus a smaller, like $200, um, and we have to take a lot of things into consideration about like, how much debt do you have? How much longer are you going to be in debt? All of those different things. but. At the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, what excites you more? Does it excite you to pay off the debt? Mm-hmm. Or does it excite you to have a little bit of fun while you're on this rather rigorous journey? Mm-hmm. So if you're talking like 200 bucks and, and you're like, you know, that's a drop in the bucket. I, I have $40,000 of student loans left. Well, then you might decide, let me take that $200 and, and splurge a little bit and have a little bit of fun while I ha- have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, But on the other hand, if let's say the windfall is $2,000 and you're $14,000 in debt, well, that $2,000 is going to get you a lot closer to being out of debt. And you just got to ask yourself, does that excite you? Does paying off debt excite you um, the way it excites a nerd like me?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Probably not. But if it does, go that route.
0: Okay, do you have a calculator or something that you use, Nino, to kind of project how that $2,000 will impact that journey that you're on?
1: Um, I don't have like a built-out calculator, but I'm all re- always calculating like anytime I have extra money, how much closer am I to being out of debt? Or like if I'm working with a client and, and they have this windfall, mm-hmm. I, I love to go over the timeline with them and let them know like, hey, right now you're currently on a... a trajectory to be out of debt in 13 months. If you take your tax return and apply it to your debt, you'll actually be out of debt in seven months. So you're going to gain five months. So would you rather gain the five months or would you rather have this money to spend in a, a different way?
0: Yeah. Do you then walk them through what they would do with that extra money in five months or for that five months that they that they gained?
1: So that's a really good question. So then we we talk about like, what is the next step, right? And so... Usually after kicking death of the curb, you're you're looking to establish a bigger, uh, what you like to call, peace <laughs> of mind fund, right? So your listeners, your listeners are uh, familiar with that term. Um, and so I just help them to understand, not only are you gaining the five months here, but then how much quicker will you establish these other financial goals that you have?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know sometimes when I have, especially if I'm working with couples, which... This is kind of the theme of right now, even though that had nothing to do with the question. Um, sometimes I say, okay, so the person who gets excited by paying this debt off faster, they win there. And then the person who says, I'm, I need a break. Maybe we can take that break here before moving on to building that peace of mind fund, for example. And so it's just kind of a give and take. And, and I think that that's really important because we all sitting here might do things a little bit differently, but we all agree 100% that the only right way to do something is the way that you're going to stick to it.
2: Right? Yeah,
1: the way that works for you, absolutely. That's right.
2: Yeah, but and I, and I agree with all that. And one of the things that I was thinking is, and to echo kind of what you just said, Maria, is the, the way that works the best is what is sustainable for you, right? Mm-hmm. How long are you gonna be able to do this? And I don't think you have to take an all-or-nothing approach. If you get a $2,000 windfall, to use Nino's example, you can do both, right? You can put some of that towards the debt, and you can have some fun with it. You can make those decisions. And as much as it applies to where you are in ending the kicking debt to the curb process, it also applies very much in the beginning, I think. Because if that if you can take some of that windfall money and, and knock out one or two or three smaller things, That lets you build up what you're able to throw at the rest of the debt and maybe still have some fun with it, right? You have a couple of ways to look at that. I mean, it it applies kind of equally in the whole process, but when you're down to a $42,000 student loan, is it going to make as much of an impact? How much of that can I use to have fun if I'm trying to make this sustainable for both of us? Because if it's me, I'm throwing all of it at the debt, but I also know that my wife's not going to be thrilled about that, right? She's going to want to do something, not extravagant, we're not going to Italy, we're not doing it right, but we we wanna be able to work something into that whole thing that gives us a little bit of fun. So you can kind of pull that windfall of money apart. do a couple of different things with it yeah
0: i like that and Mm -hmm. something that just came to Mm -hmm. mind was if you consider the the monthly payment that's attached to any one debt that you have so we talked about i guess a lot of people we keep saying forty thousand dollars i guess that's because that's what i said right Mm -hmm. um but if you have a forty thousand dollar student loan debt and you have what's left is like a two thousand dollar car loan And the $40,000 student loan debt will give you $125 or $218 a month. But that car loan, paying that off will actually free up $475 a month. It might be more exciting to actually throw that $2,000 at your car loan, excuse me, Free up that cash flow of $479, right? And then maybe you take the 400 and keep snowballing that, but that $79 you freed up every month, and that can be the give to the person who says, I'm that free spirit, I need a little bit of extra money as well. Yep. So I, I bring that as a transition, which wasn't even planned, but um, we have talked a lot about the windfall money in this question but mary asked about fun money as well and she's almost asking for permission to build that right into her monthly spending plan yeah. what are your thoughts on that
1: i do believe everybody needs to have some discretionary income to do whatever they want with completely 100 guilt-free now interestingly enough um my my eyes are very judgmental eyes, and uh, I'll, I'm very happy to, um, to write this stuff into the budget where my wife has her spending money and I have my spending money, and my judgmental eyes are always judging the things that she buys with hers. But that's something I need to grow and learn on, right? It's, everyone should have the ability to have some type of pocket money where again, they're spending it on uh, the things that they want completely Mm -hmm. guilt-free as long as you know I, I, I always throw in the caveat within reason now everybody's definition of within reason will be different but within reason
2: okay yeah and I completely agree with that and I've also worked with clients where we're taking this fund money because it's what I need to have or it's how much I need to have and we will spend a little time at least early in the process of coaching to say well not to be judgmental but where's that going right mm-hmm. is it really something that belongs in the budget and we're not being intentional enough with the budget mm-hmm. you know if, I, if I'm running out and buying cleaning supplies with my fund money or, or whatever for example um, then we probably need to work on getting that into a line item on the budget and still having you have that cash allocated to do what you want which you know as you see fit right yep um, it's not about putting restrictions on it but it is about being intentional with the budget, right and understanding where everything's going or having a plan for where everything's going to go
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I'm glad that I asked because I just, I think that people really look for permission for that. Mm -hmm. And so we're here to say, work it in. And if you need help figuring out what amount is good or within reason, as Nino said, um, I think that if we want to do something, (laughs) we can, we can pretty much talk ourselves into just about any, (coughs) excuse me, anything that we want to do. And we can justify any amount that we want to put in there, right? So if you want accountability, if you want to be able to reach the goals that you've set for yourself while also allowing some of this to happen for yourself, then I think that that's when they should contact us.
1: I would agree. Um, I, I sit down with clients all the time to talk about like percentages or portions of you know the, the money that you, you have every month to spend and what portion of that should be. Um, set aside for the important things like groceries and, and um, paying the electric bill, but then how much of that should be set aside for um, being able to kind of spend and, and splurge in little ways. Uh, and I want to kind of piggyback off of something Mike said earlier. I think it's really important that when you establish how much money you are going to take out of the budget for spending Mm guilt-free, have a very clear sense of what that covers Mm -hmm. and what it doesn't cover. Mm -hmm. So uh, we would never add a line item to the budget for Nino to go and play poker with the boys. But with my fun money, with my pocket money, that's exactly (laughs) what I get to do. And I'll give one other example. Uh, For a long time, uh, our pocket money for my wife and I included even just getting our haircuts, mm. and we found out that over time, like that, that, just it it wasn't working, right. So we reevaluated. We had a discussion, and we're like, "Nope, haircuts get gets a line item on the budget. No longer does it have to come out of the fund money." So the other great piece of advice, or the the, the good news there is. Just because you make a decision today yes. does not mean you have to live with it for the rest of your life. Yes, It's for a time.
2: Yep. And I, The haircut is a great example of, a, of what I was talking about, right? And kind of evaluating where that money is going and then making sure that it isn't it really the fun money, pocket money, or does it belong as a line item somewhere in the budget, right? Mm-hmm. And all of this is talking about um, some of this, the, the kicking debt to the curb, it's a journey, and it's going to take some amount of time. It's going to be different for everybody how long that takes. But in the process, we're creating new money habits to get us into the disciplines of being very intentional with our money and with what we're, we're intending to do. So some of those things, the more specific you get, the better it's going to be for you in the long run. But at the same time, you have to build in that fun in order to ensure that it is, as I said before, sustainable for you. Because this just kicking debt to the curb, it's you're, you're changing your whole outlook on life, right? Your whole outlook on money. And so this isn't just how are we gonna get through this today, right? Or for the next six months, or however long it's gonna take for us to clean up the mess we have, mm-hmm. so.
1: And I think that's a really important point about, it's a journey, um, and, and everybody has a different starting point, everybody has a different timeline, and so I think what we're really starting to establish is that there is no cookie-cutter approach. It is really understanding all of the variables that are unique to your situation, and then formulating a plan that works for you and those involved. Right. So even if we're spearheading it, we still have to be considerate of our spouses. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, that is not easy to do alone. And so, again, I would encourage that uh, your listeners reach out and if they need that accountability partner, if they need that guidance, and if they need somebody who is going to see their situation as unique, uh, and help to make and create a unique plan, that's what we do.
0: Yes, and that impartial, non judgment well, Nino just got done telling us he's pretty judgmental, but uh, In <laughs> I, the house. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, that non-partial and non-judgmental um, set of eyes that it, it really is, I mean, it just, it is so important. And it's not something, it's not something you're going to get from your brother-in-law. It's not something that you're going to get from just looking up information online. It's just not. You're not able to see the forest through the trees a lot of times. And so if you need somebody who can just take a step back and help reflect back to you what it is that we're seeing. And that's really, that's been my approach for so many years now. And I think it just comes from that counseling background. But we're just, as counselors, we're taught, everyone comes to us with their own answers, and, and that's just, I believe that wholeheartedly uh, some people are like, I kind of feel bad coaching somebody because they're the ones who have the answers. I'm like, well, that's kind of what coaching's all about <laughs> is that we know we can't pretend that we have the answers for everybody because that would just be ludicrous. But we know if you can if you can draw out that answer from somebody, that's what coaching is for. And so. You aren't going to find that on the internet. You're not going to find that with just talking to your best buddy. You're probably not even going to find that with your spouse. You can have a great accountability partner with your spouse, but your spouse is just as knee deep in it as you are. And so it's nice to have that third set of eyes. And in this case, third, fourth, and fifth set of (laughs) eyes. (laughs) So yeah. So yeah, if you are interested in contacting us for coaching services, Mike, tell them where they can find us
2: newmoneyhabits.com
0: I just wanted to remind Mary that she's going to go into our drawing and remind the listeners that if you have a question for next month please send those in because that's how we get these and you can use Facebook you can use email um, Really, that, I think those are the two main ones that we get yep. stuff from so support at new newmoneyhabits.com I'll put them in the show notes you guys um. <laughs> or newmoneyhabits
2: on Facebook
0: Or new money habits on Facebook. Yes. So give us those questions. If we choose your question for next month, you will also go into that drawing. That about wraps it up for today. You guys, as always, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.